Hey, Dutch, how you doing, man? Not too bad, not too bad. How you doing? I'm all right, you know, sitting sitting here in sunny Florida along with you. I think you're a little north of me from where we're at. And it yeah. uh, looks like circumstances couldn't put us together today, but we'd just be in some noisy bar anyway on a Sunday. So Exactly. And who, who wants to sit around a bar and do nothing? Huh? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I know. Look at all the hot women, you know, running around. What a terrible like, life. Yes. Really I'd much rather stay home. Well, you know, uh, it's interesting, man. Uh, we'll, we'll get to how old you are here in a sec, you know, because I noticed you have an AOL email address. Who the fuck, has an, a who the fuck has an AOL email address still at this, in this day and age? <laughs> So I think I'm older than you, though, honestly. <laughs> I'm old, believe me. Get just, off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> I just turned 60, so. I'm on my way. I'm 58. Yeah, yeah well, don't get don't get there in a hurry, let me tell you. No, I'm in a hurry. <laughs> so, um, you know, we've had a couple hurricanes down here. Uh, one of them was a 500-year storm. Uh, I mean, just devastated. I don't know if you've been down that way. Just devastated Fort no. Myers. Charlotte County, Port Charlotte, North Northport. Um, uh, I've been down and I've seen it. You know, I mean, uh, and now I mean Daytona Beach. You know, crumbling like Daytona Beach is gone. Just, just I gone. I've seen pictures of it. I mean, New Smyrna Beach, all the way down to Titusville. I guess is just been compromised at this point in time. And so, uh, you know, I got to ask you this question because uh, you know, inquiring minds want to know: um, uh, Did you ever, or have you ever kept up with the Kardashians? <laughs> I, I I curse OJ Simpson because without him, we would not know who the Kardashians are today. Ain't that the fucking truth, man? Yep. Jesus, right? I mean, yeah, OJ turned it turned his uh, ex wife there into a Pez dispenser. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I remember all that that all that foolishness. My God, a low speed chase that was quite interesting there in the uh, the white the white blazer. It all depends on who you are, because any other buddy, anybody else getting chased would have got the pit move and flipped that thing. Oh, my God. It was just so crazy on so many levels. And then, then of course, we witnessed one of the largest jury nullifications in the history of Absolutely. American jurisprudence. You know, I mean. Oh, I think they knew they were going to find him not guilty from day one. It was just everything else was just window dressing. It was the juice, man. Yeah, if, oh, if you don't gym. fit, you can't acquit. What was it? If it doesn't if the glove fit, you don't must fit, acquit. you must acquit. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, that was a leather glove that uh, obviously we know what happens to leather when it sits for a while. Uh, you know, it it, it crumbles and shrinks, shrinks back mm -hmm. up again, and it's got to you know get reworked. But either way, man, I you know I just like to open with the, the hardball questions, you know, right away. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to answer. Oh that's yeah, sure, sure. Dirty usually answers that. Uh, ask those questions rather. Uh, <laughs> Brother Dirty is not with us today. He uh, he has been fighting laryngitis, uh, for lack of a better term. I think it's he's just fighting his uh, his ability to shout. And uh, <laughs> now nah, he, he's he's got some stuff going on, and uh, it's it's been a it's been a, a few months now that he's been dealing with it. And right when he thinks he's got his gets his voice back, it disappears back on him again. So it's another sign of age. You don't just get sick for twenty four hours anymore. Everything just lingers. No shit. You know, we've been hemming and hawing in this. We did uh, episode 119. This is episode 120, by the way. So All right. We, we've been at this a minute now. And um, we've been hemming and hawing. I mean, we were doing this hot and heavy, man. Every Monday, we were coming out with one a week. We were getting content out there. We were starting to get postured up in the algorithm. And, uh, you know, then life happened, man. I mean, you know, this shit comes at you and hits you right in the face. And so we've been tapering off and 
kind of easing up and uh i mean we ain't getting paid for this shit so uh, i don't know who'd fucking pay for it anyway but uh you know here we are back again i'm go ahead man no i was just saying we're glad to have you back then yeah yeah it's good to be back down you know i mean i'm sure i'll see you here at the uh the wcfr functions oh yeah i'll be around for uh for everybody else out there wcfr is west coast florida riders which uh is quite an animal wouldn't you say it is amazing how it took off. I give Lee Haygood a lot of credit. I know he was one of the original founders, but he's really managed to have an atmosphere of laid back and relaxation without allowing a lot of drama involved. Because I mean, they're, I think they're up to like seven thousand people. Yeah, and they're good at they're good at cutting people off quick who want to start turning that forum into a me 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 show and want to argue every little thing. And yeah, they got some rules, and yet they don't have any rules. Yeah, you know, he 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 he, he uh, mitigates the thirst trap. How's that? That was a lot easier than what I just said. Yes. Yeah, he he really does. You know, I've been uh, they started up right about the time that I moved down here. Um, I think yeah, and it wasn't. I don't think that either one of them planned on it ever getting this big. It's just no, astounding. no, no. They originally started out. It was uh, I think they were up in their area parish. I think it was. Yeah, and they called themselves I think the nine four one riders or something like that for the area code yeah i do remember that and uh you know it was this thing and i was following them on facebook you know because i like to get you know biker groups and see what the the pulse of the of, of the community is doing and uh you know i was like who are these guys um like they're coming across like this motorcycle club type family but they're not this club i mean if you look at past episodes i even talk about them i talk shit about them um, you know, I told Lee and Kurt that too, you know, I said, look it up, man. I talk shit about you guys. I, you know, cause me, you know, being in a club, you were for, formally in a club. I mean, we mm-hmm. work hard, we work hard for that shit. Absolutely. And we take pride in it, but, uh, I gotta tell you, man, what, what they're doing is kind of real organic and, um, and they're really taking off and they've got sort of a, a real big community feel like a writing association type thing. Yeah. Um, and they're really, really tight and they do shit every week and every weekend. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it was through them that I first met you and the first part of you that I saw, I think it was your tit. These right here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. No one needs <laughs> we don't need to see your chichi boobs, man. <laughs> yeah, that was over at Peggy's Corral. Um love Peggy's Corral. I do too. It's got a real cool vibe to it, man. And yeah. uh it, it was colder and fuck that day by Florida standards. And the wind was just a wind. Oh, you mean when we met, yeah, it was cold that time. It was, it was. I had a long sleeve shirt on, which I never wear. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was kind of cool. Like, uh, I've got footage. I I can't use it on YouTube because they don't like bare titties, a uh, women's bare titties, <laughs> I should say. But uh, some of your members were like shoving their boobs up my face, and I was like, I kind of like these people. I do, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, they're 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 very. They're like they got the old school feel, with, but they realize they don't have that. Uh, they don't have the cube. They don't have the MC, and they're very very adamant about that. They are not a motorcycle club. They are just. They like they don't even like to use the word club. They just say they're just a bunch of people who like to ride get yeah. together and they're a family unit. I give I give them credit for that. And and you're like their guru. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 the because that's a, I'm the only one who can play Santa Claus every year at the orphanage. I'm the only yeah. one who fits the uniform. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I was a prospect, they uh, had me play Santa Claus. 
And I didn't need any padding for some odd reason. You know? No, me, me either. That's that's why I think they pick me every year. Yeah, probably. But, uh, you know, I saw some pictures of you when you were younger. You you weren't always uh, – me, me neither, you know. I used to – Oh, no, I used to be a devilishly handsome guy. Just, I mean, not, yeah. not, not look at me. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't wear these because they make me look cool. I wear these because I have sad, tired old eyes, so I try to cover them up. Well, that was our text exchange yesterday, if I remember. We, we set this up, and I'm like, Hey man, let's do it tomorrow. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna have to get my pretty, my pretty face uh, ready to go. And I'm like, that's right. I'm like, who the fuck ever told you you were pretty? <laughs> I must have been a blind man. <laughs> lots, lots of women told me I'm pretty years and years and years and years ago. Yeah, and then there was this Jesus in prison, but we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, God, you, you, you just had, you just released another book. I did. I did. I. Uh... Made it about a female motorcycle club, which is uh, a couple of people have not been thrilled with the whole concept, but I don't really pay that. No, never mind. Um, I was early on. I always thought women in the motorcycle world, that's they they can be on the back or they can be on the front. I don't see anything wrong with either one. I think for years, Harley Davidson marketed to half the population. I think they woke up one day and said, you know something? We got a whole other half of the world. Who might want to ride motorcycles true true and as far as i'm concerned i think i think they're sexy as hell when they throw their leg over that seat i really do you know as far as the clubs go i think the fact that they're new they got to earn their way just like everybody else if it was a male club that just started you're not going to get the same respect of another male club that has been there for 30 years nor should you Right, right. But there's been a, there's been a couple that have been around for a little bit. I mean, one of the oldest clubs in the country is the Motormates. Uh, yeah, they started in Canada. They were very ladylike. They wore their little white gloves and all that, but they were very uh, avant-garde at that point in time. That was that was a no-no. Yeah. yeah. So now this is book number four. Yes, it is. In your series. I got it right here. And all the women on the cover are from West Coast Florida riders. I yeah. did, usually I have a contest of sorts of who wants to be on the cover. But uh, this time I just picked five because I don't know how to say this delicately, but trying to have five women compete for a spot, I don't think would have gone over very well. This already this already caused a couple of problems with a couple of females wrote to me, calling me everything under the sun, telling me what a piece of garbage I am and how dare you pick these five and you should have picked me and it was just bizarre. I, I I don't I can't see how you wouldn't have picked Lee's wife. I mean, she's smoking hot and she's a nice lady. Absolutely. And and she'd she, probably kick all our asses. <laughs> <laughs> she and she's very she's very soft spoken, but there is a there is a thunderous volcano under that. I'm sure. I sense that. Yeah. I sense that. The first time I met, well, the first time I saw her was on a a podcast we did, and she was Lee was in his uh in his garage, and she came in with like a pizza in her hand and her kid. And he's like, I'm hey, doing a podcast. She's like, mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, did the old wife, mm-hmm, and, and walked in the door. <laughs> and then when I, I met her over at uh, at at Caddy's, and, uh, boy, she just, like, looked me up one eye and down the other and dismissed me, and off she went. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Mental note. <laughs> she's she's from Mississippi originally, so she's a real strong Southern gal. Yeah, and, and she was, and she's a good one for the cover too. So you've she been getting. She fit. There's a character named Peaches in the book, and that's kind of who I envisioned. She just was perfect. Right on. I mean, and now the setting of this book is out on the coast. 
Yes, right in Holmes Beach. I, I didn't. I did not give these women a bottom rocker of Florida. I gave them a Holmes Beach uh, bottom rocker. I just something about giving them the whole state of Florida. I just wasn't willing to do. And they're mentioned actually. Each book mentions the next book in it. And in the third book, Black River, where Lee's on the cover, they do mention these gals because they were going to show up for a drag race or something. But. And he also noticed this is the only cover where there's no diamond on it, too. Mm. Yeah. I just didn't want to go that route either. I just put bring the color back cover back up. Oh, yeah. I, want to, I want to see something on there. Sure. What was the <laughs> okay? It's a gotcha. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah, there's Lee's wife. No, I I know I knew that right above her oh. head, though. It's like an eagle. I'm like, or is that a whale's tail? Oh, that's a Peggy sign. It okay. Peggy's sign. Peggy's sign kind of looks from here from me looking at the computer screen. Looks like a yeah, whale. Yes, the eagle. It's the eagle wings on Peggy's eagle eagle wings, but it looks like a whale's tail, like the uh, what a thong does when you're looking at the ass of yeah, a fine old lady. You see her thong underwear peeking up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we were originally going to do the cover. Well, we did do the cover in front of Peggy's, but when we when the graphic designer got a hold of it, he just said, "I can't, I can't make this work in front of the bar. It's just it's just not working." So he made up that background, which I thought was was perfect. You can see the. I like the bright color for one thing. That's eye catching. Mm -hmm. but I don't know if you can see it up here, but there's a the image of a raven there, of their center patch. Nice. And when he got it done, I said I promised Ma. And for those of you who don't know who Ma is, that uh, Deb she owns Peggy's, and I said I promised her that we were going to give her some exposure on this. So he fit that sign in there. I thought nice. he did a good job with that. Definitely. I mean, if you're in the area, people, uh, Bradenton, it's actually Palmetto, mm -hmm. right off of US 41. And uh, it's, uh, it's a it's a hell of a place, man. It's a it's a must must biker uh, destination. That's for absolutely. Sure. It's got the authentic feel to it because it, it is authentic. Oh, yeah. And then you got the airport, you know, out there. Everybody calls the airport where they smoke pot by the, you know, out there, the, <laughs> the picnic tables. But uh <laughs> Now, uh, I mean, I read your first book, and thank you very much. You you gave that to me. When actually, at uh, at Peggy's, we did a little interview and talked and mm -hmm. shot the shit out there. You've got a unique writing style. Thank you. Um, and it's kind of cool because you kind of intersperse, like you've got the story, and then you put in, like, interject your own life experiences to kind of, like, tie in and solidify the point you're trying to make or or what you're trying to exemplify within the story itself. And so somebody, I, somebody put in good words. They said it's like your life in fiction. Yeah, and you're kind of <laughs> you're kind of intertwining the two. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's a it's an easy read. Um, it's it's not busy. It's not like you're going to sit there and you have to read a page over again. You know, you know the books like you know what the fuck did I just read? Oh yeah, I've I've read lots of those. Believe me, we're five minutes into it. I'm thinking, I'm I'm still on the first page. I just I can't get anywhere with it. Now, has it, any of these been released onto Kindle or anything like that? They're all on the Kindle except for the one you got, and I'm still struggling with the publisher to get that on a Kindle. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know why. I'm not getting really good straight answers. They said because originally when you when you published it, it didn't. We didn't make one, so it's hard to go back and. Do... Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit is right. I mean, In I don't know how, age, how that can be. Jesus Christ! They got computers can read your mind for crying out loud. Man. I know. I I don't buy that either. I think it's just. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting like 20 different people who are just putting it off to the next person. 
you know, what they're telling you is, is to sell more copies. That's their way yeah. to say that. That's where they make more money anyway. Yeah, we need to make more more uh, more fucking Benjamins off you, man. So come back <laughs> think, and see us then. I think books are coming back anyway. I don't think I think people who stare at a screen all day long don't really want to sit home at bed and read off another screen. I think books are making a comeback. Well, the people that read. Of um, the people that read. That unfortunately people. is dwindling down a lot. Too but. many people, you know, once we went to I mean Twitter fucked it up for all of us, man. Yeah. You know, once we went to 144 characters and then suddenly that became too much, <laughs> you know, they, they lived in the blogosphere and now everybody, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's all clickbait now, right? I mean, it is, even on the, you know, the news, the media, the advertising, um, you know, it's like some big preposterous headline to get you soaked in. And then you start to read the article and like, that's not what the headline said at all. Everybody in the world is dead. Click here and find out how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, <laughs> right? But you know, but the problem is, is that people now just read the headlines, and that becomes the news. Yeah. And so we got, we, we got some lazy people out there. Yeah, they're well. We're we're got a, definitely got a lot of mouth mouth breathers out there. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But that's okay. I mean, you know, I'm a big reader, voracious reader. Um, and so you know, it's nice to see. I think you know, there's like you said, it's making a resurgence. Uh, to I think certain- so. To a certain degree, so let you know. Let's hope if you happen to see his books out there, uh, Lee, go ahead and make your shameless plug right now. I mean, Lee Dutch, go ahead and make your your shameless plug for your old books there. Well, for starters, I didn't know I didn't give you the other ones. I, I meant to give those to you. And I just I got the one. I, I'd like to read them. Hell, well, shame where, on you know? me then. I'll, I'll have to get in contact with Bubbles and see what happened. That's my my assistant. Well, we we uh we we live about twenty minutes away from each other, so it shouldn't be a problem. Just, like, I'll just throw them across the river. Yeah, right, right you know, <laughs> across the manatee. Yeah, it's it's uh it's not too wide. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't realize that because I, I I'm really interested to see your take on the rest of them. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to read them actually. Like I said, I like I like to read, and uh, it would be interesting to do so. So uh, so you've been you've been uh you were in the club scene. Yep. For you know a couple decades. Yep. Uh, up in the Rochester, New York area, if I remember. Right, Finger Lakes area, around that area in Rochester, and all that good stuff. I've had a I've had a motorcycle since I was nine years old. It's been I always like to say it's the only love affair I've ever had that's that's worked. Yeah, you know, it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's been yeah. a constant. Yeah. So, what do you own right now? Right now, I own a uh, 2009 uh, Softail Custom. Yep. Fits perfect on my fat old body. My back, I love and, that bike. And your short legs. My short legs. And then I, I got a Sportster, 2004 Sportster that's painted like Fred Flintstone. I'll never give that bike up. <laughs> that's actually the bike I got wiped out in back in 2006. Some yes. some idiot text messaging. The text messaging was new. She was apparently text messaging and not paying attention and literally ran me over on the interstate. And uh, spent all my money on just getting that bike fixed again. Everybody said I was crazy. I was like, just get a, get a new bike. No, no, that's just not what you do. You don't just give up on your bike. Your bike yeah. didn't give up on you. That's right. That's right. And then I got an old 1975 shovel head that sometimes makes me want to give up on her. That's why they call him a trouble head. Oh, my God. It's just amazing. It just, it just When it starts, I like cheer because it started. And it's and an old I, hardtail. So I and I and I openly admit it's it's a show-off bike. It really is. I can't ride it long distance anymore. There's just no way. I, I hit a pebble on the road and it like sends a shockwave throughout my body. Well, but I do love know, that bike. It's an eye catcher. We're we're both of the of similar age, you know, a couple of years apart here. 
And when we were younger, like in high school, I mean, that was the big joke, right? I mean, with the Harley, you know, well, you know, I'll, I'll sure I'll go for right up the Harley will start. Exactly. Because yeah. they were very temperamental. I had a buddy, he ended up dying. He died on the bike, but Ooh. he, he, uh, God, he would go out there and kick that goddamn thing and kick it and kick it and kick it and kick it. And he'd spend 20 minutes on that thing when it's about launching him over the over the friggin' pegs, you know, and um, and he'd come in all pissed off, you know, and smoke a joint, you know, or something, mm -hmm. and then go back out there a half hour later, kick that once, boom, and it would fire right over. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I mean they got a mind of their own. Yeah, they do. You know, on the shovel, the shovel was cool. And then, you know, Harley, Harley had to do something. So they came up with the Evo. You know, they yeah. got they got rid of AMF and they kind of took the shovel and improved on it. Uh, what do you think of the Evo motor? I love the Evo motor. I know that uh, people like to call it a lot of different things like the Evo motor, this and that. And I think they're the ones that kind of harken back to the old shovel head days. And this it's like it's like somebody replaced your favorite TV show and you're just you're just never going to warm up to it. I think the Evo is a great motor. I, I still do. I, I think, think it's, it's one of the better ones that they made. I think it's one of the best ones that they made. If you, they kind of improved on the shovel head and they kind of took some old principles off a knucklehead and put it into play. Um, you know, they call them a blockhead motor. Yeah. They so got the shovel head and then the blockhead and then we got the twin cam and they call it a Twinkie for some reason. So, <laughs> but uh, now they got the Milwaukee 8, which. I don't know what nickname you'd give that other than maybe the lump head got the little bumps on it. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I think that throttle by wire thing is probably going to go the way of the dinosaur. It, it yeah. seems pretty cool, but uh, you know, it's an all or nothing type of a throttle. There is no ease into it. Yeah. Like, like you would with a cable throttle. And when you're pushing 131 cubic inch motor, you know, <laughs> you know, when you got I'm just throttle. amazed at the size of the motors. I remember when 1200 was a giant motor. No shit, oh, right? 1200. Holy cow. Now it's a midget motor, according to some people. Yeah. Well, are you familiar you're familiar with uh, Keanu Reeves, obviously? Yeah. And you, you know, have you heard of his, uh, his motorcycle company? No. No, he, I haven't. He, uh, he and a guy named uh, Gar uh, a builder from, I think, California area by the name of Guard Hollinger. Um, came up with uh, Arc Arch Motorcycles, A R C H Motorcycles, and uh, one of Keanu's biggest, uh, his favorite motorcycles is a Kawasaki KZ one thousand. So he likes he likes speed and he likes that old pre sport bike type platform. Yeah, you know it. Uh, and let's face it, they were a lot of fun. You know, and not a lot of bells and whistles, but that old, you know, your feet directly underneath you, sucking your knees. You know, you're a little more forward. I don't want to do push-ups while I'm riding. Yeah, you know, I hear you, and I'm too <laughs> fat to lay over a tank. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> excuse me, but uh, no, they came up with Arch Motorcycles, and uh, they've been building these bikes that like they fit to the customer. And uh, they came out with their newest bike, and it's got um, it's a 124 cubic inch SNS V twin mm. um, that's pushing out like 116 pounds of torque on this oh thing God. and it's a 500 pound motorcycle frame they're doing some pretty cool things um it's almost like a sport bike um with a v-twin attitude and they actually have a single-sided uh swing arm aluminum swing arm oh so my God. It, it's not a dual side it's a single side and uh and then they've 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 paired up the fuel system with the air intake system 
And so the air intake actually runs down the side of the tank. And so it simultaneously will keep the tank cool with the air, keeping the gas and the temperature down on the fuel pump. And uh, they're just amazing motorcycles. If you, if you look into them, they're just uh, crazy, crazy. Um, obviously, uh, unless maybe if you sell more books, you'll be able to afford one, but I couldn't. Um, they started about like $70,000 a bike. Oh, there we go. And that's why I haven't heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but look into them. Um, I was just reading about them. I was, I was pretty amazed, you know, pretty amazed at what they can do. But uh, what's, if you had a, you had unlimited money resource, what would you have for a bike? I had unlimited money resource. What would I do for a motorcycle? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would just expand my collection, I think, but I'd go for more of the old stuff. I'd love to get a, a Vincent Black Shadow, which are. Who wouldn't? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that it just, they're so hard to find as it is, and there's a price tag on any of them. I think if you found one in a basket, it would still be 50 grand. Yeah. But I, I certainly yeah. want to go back and get the old knucklehead and things like that. But I, I've always wanted one of those Vincent Black Shadows. They're just beautiful pieces of machinery. They really are. I uh, I was I always liked the thought that it'd be cool to get a matchless. Oh yeah. And uh, it's interesting, matchless. I mean, they were they were highly sought after bikes. A lot of collectors like to get them. The guy on uh, what is that? Uh, antique, not the antique roadshow, but the two the guys are from Iowa that go out and. Oh, I don't know. Uh, everybody, they'll people know what I'm talking about. Uh, they go out and they do the they 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 shop and they find places and, and get the junk, the junk finders. So that oh no, I haven't seen that. Oh, I'm sure you have. If I said the name, which I'm, it's fine. oh, now I'm starting to think I know what you mean. What was the first one you said that it wasn't? It was not Antique Roadshow. I know, I know. Either I know. way, somebody will tell us in the comments probably um, who it was. And of course, I'm going to go, yeah, duh. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, matchless motorcycles were cool. And, and uh, how they got their name, matchless, was when they first started making them, they were the first motorcycle that had an incandescent lamp for the headlight. Because oh, my God. Before that, they actually had like a candle like gas torch that you would light sounds like something out of the flintstones no shit and and they <laughs> so they they marketed this bike and they came up with a name and it was matchless meaning you didn't have to take a match to it i'll be damned yeah i know right i mean the, the more you know right <laughs> there's a, there's a little museum in a town called bath new york which is about an hour south of rochester called the curtis museum yep and i don't have you heard of it i have i think i have it's in uh god damn it Bullets went off. Sorry. Yeah, it it it, it just—it's so massive and so the stuff they have in there is just amazing. I don't know how it's not better known, but they have just about every old motorcycle in there. Hmm. It just—he was also—it's also, it's also a, a flight museum and all that. But Curtis was one of the original people who made a motorcycle that could go 100 miles an hour in that area. Wow. And he gets—he gets—he gets very little credit for being kind of a motorcycle pioneer, but. Anybody's up that way, that museum is worth the look. They got everything in there. Well, have you seen uh, The Last Indian, uh, with Bert, the story about Burt Monroe? Long time the, ago, The yeah. fastest Indian, rather. Yeah, the fastest Indian, yeah. This guy took a 1921 Scout, you know, at that point in time and made it, I mean, this bike went over 200 miles per hour. Oh, my God. Not with me on it, it won't. <laughs> right, well, on the, on the Bonneville salt, salt Flats. I mean, uh, 
American Pickers. That's the American Pickers. There we go. Now I remember. Right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, getting back. <laughs> it's a shit show without dirty. You're just relying on me. Usually I'm in the back grunting and making commentary, you know, but uh, here I am. I got to carry it. So, uh, shit. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so Curtis, where, what's, what, uh, where is that in upstate New York? It's in Hammondsport, New York. It's, uh, it's in the Finger Lakes area. It's just a little teeny rinky-dink town that unless over, you go there intentionally, you'll never come across it. Over by like Canandaigua and stuff? It's it's off Cuca Lake and Canandaigua would be on the other side, yeah. Right on. A lot of Illuminati shit goes on up there from what I read. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> Sorry. <I don't>... <laughs> <laughs> How about the, have you ever heard of the American Motorcycle Museum in Anamosa, Iowa? No. It's uh, right over, it's actually... Um, it's right in the same town. This where JP Cycles uh, has a big, a big, oh, a big okay. place. But Anamosa, Iowa. It's uh, yeah, and they have all sorts of uh, motorcycles over there. They got a Steve. They have the Steve McQueen bike. Um, oh, his last Indian that he owned. They've got um, one of the uh, the Easy Rider bikes is over there. Oh really? Which one? Yeah. Hoppers uh, or? No, 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 no. It, it's uh, it's what's his name? They're fondest. Captain Peter America. Fondest. Yeah, yeah, Captain America. Which uh, oddly enough was made by a um, a, a builder, a black guy, a, one of the first uh, big custom builders. People don't realize that they always think of it as a. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a, he was a black guy, highly sought after. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head because I'm old and my memory's wrong. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know I like that old school shit. Oh yeah, me too, absolutely. And it's funny going back to the shovelhead. It's it's people who are younger than me, which is not hard to find nowadays. They always, they look at it and they'll talk about how, you know, oh, you're so lucky you got the best motor Harley Davidson ever made. And I think, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> you got really one of the worst motors Harley Davidson ever made, but it's so iconic because it just screams old school. I think people forget that it was a, it was a tough motor to, tough motor to own. They had a, a very, uh, very unique sound to them. Um, I've yeah, got my a... neighbors, my neighbors will tell you about that. I mean, yeah, I got a good friend of mine in uh, in Wisconsin, and his newest motorcycle is a 1978 Night Train. Oh my God, I remember those. That's his Honda. newest his newest one. 1970 78 Night Train. A 78 Night Train. Yeah. Did Honda make those? No, no, no. That no, that was a Harley. It's a Harley. It's a shovelhead. Oh, the night. Okay, right. the night train, the night hawk. Believe it. Or that not. was the night hawk. Yeah, okay. night, hawk, night hawk. Those were cool. Night, night hawk was a good bike. I've ridden on those. Yeah, I remember buddy, those. But he had a five fifty. But uh, yeah, but he. If you look in his saddlebags, he has got like all of every unique part and tool needed to fix that bike. Okay. I mean, I, I swear he could probably he could probably change out his head gasket on the side of a road. Actually, I think he has. <laughs> I've seen that done. The uh, guy yeah. I rode with one time broke down in Syracuse. And I I ran and got him the gasket. And he fixed it right there on the highway. Just lift, lift it up. Why? Well, I mean, you don't have to take the tank off, right? You nope. Just gotta loosen it up. And it was interesting to watch. I'd never seen up. that done before. This is a long time ago, but I was surprised yeah. they had it in stock that gasket because this was about twenty years ago. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. A lot of the old Harley motors, you can go out to like Napa and find a, a lot of the gaskets. They were cross applied a lot of the different shit with Chevy motors. So, but, uh, you know, I mean, I own a victory motorcyclist when I ride in Florida here and finding parts uh, now because, you know, victory doesn't support it anymore because they're not a company. 
and Polaris has uh, been real sporadic with, uh, you know, like manufacturing yeah. anything new for it. So a lot of times I've got to get unique and kind of, you know, come up with my own solutions to things instead of trying to wait for a victory part that's not existent or, you know, is <laughs> you know, three million dollars, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but th- thankfully they run better. It runs better than a Harley, so I don't have to do a lot to it. Yeah, which which is now uh, let's switch up tracks here. You're uh, on social media a lot. I lost you on that one. I'm sorry. What? Oh, you're on social media. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's the only game in town. Actually, I'm not quite sure how else to promote this other than social media is where everybody's at. So that's where you got to be. Yeah, I mean, are you on TikTok? No, I haven't got on there yet. TikTok just have haven't. I you know TikTok. It's well, it's probably one of the more popular ones right now. It, it exploded out of nowhere. I don't. It, it did because well, it's so simple. You've seen the movie Idiocracy. Oh, I love that movie. Fantastic. We're, we're, we're witnessing it play out in real oh, life. Absolutely, we are. Absolutely, absolutely, fucking lutely. And TikTok is paving the way for that. Those two guys, uh, now I'm drawing a blank on their name. Oh, common names. Well, they were the ones who did um, like King of the Hill and shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, can't, I can't think of their names, but they did. Uh, oh, my God. This whole this whole segment's going to be about you and I not being able to remember a damn thing. Oh, well, probably a good one. Maybe Team America. Did you ever see that movie? Team uh it was not done by 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 um by Matt Stone and Trey Parker. I thought it was. No, 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 no. It was the guy actually who did King of the Hill was the one who came up with oh, that. Oh, Mike Judge. Mike Judge. Yep. Oh, okay. But uh, but yo, and I'm a big, I'm a big fan of uh Matt Stone and Trey Parker. And yes, yeah, I me have too. And yes, I have seen uh, Basketball is one of my favorite movies. I, you know, I really 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 dig it. It's you know, but it's sophomoric. You know, that's kind of like where I'm at. You know, I'm like. <laughs> You know, I still am 60 years old. I still enjoy a good fart joke. Oh, who doesn't? Right. You never outgrow that. No, no. But uh, we've got um, social media, Facebook. I mean, I'm sure you see, uh, you know, we're, we've been basically regurgitating probably the same 15 motorcycle memes now for 10 years. Oh, I know. I know. It, There's no, nothing new anymore on it, really. No, and it's it's like a new, it's like a brave new world out there in terms of uh, protocol and all that shit for motorcycle clubs, which used to be really really secretive. But now you see a lot of uh, a lot of club guys and younger kids they rely on social media to tell their story. Yeah, and uh, you, I think we find out a little too much more about club life than people need to know. I was just gonna say those stories used to be kept to yourself or around the bonfire with everybody else, but. I was just talking to a, a brother up there. He put something on Facebook about going to uh, one of the local clubs, and I texted him real quick. I said, how many clubs are up there now? Because when I left, I could count on my hands and toes how many clubs were between Rochester and Buffalo. You just said there's a ton of them now. And, mm-hmm. and it, like you were saying, there used to be a lot more protocol involved, but they just pop up everywhere now. You just got to just. One of the one of the trends that I'm not real happy with is people are finding these old defunct clubs and just going and reinventing their patch and buying them and starting them back up again. And it, they think it kind of gets them around the whole, you know, starting from scratch. Oh, this was a legitimate club, you know, 75 years ago. 
And all of a sudden they got a patch again and they're riding. Well, do you remember the, it was, it was pretty viral on the internet, but uh, several years back, there was the, uh, the fake patch guy. And he was that guy that had bought his hell's angel patch. Oh, okay. And, uh, that. oh yeah. And it, it was making a big stink. Um, it, it went viral. That man, there's so you'll find memes on it. You'll find a lot of people talking about it. It's been around and around and around on Facebook many times. That actually happened right in my neck of the woods in Wisconsin. Oh, geez. Yeah, we like we know the guy. Um, you know, I mean, it was. Uh, remember, he showed up at one of the local biker bars, and uh, he had showed a friend of mine. He's like, "Hey, man, come over here and see this." And he like opens his truck up, and there's this Hell's Angel vest in there. And this idiot was stupid enough to think that he could buy this vest off of Wish or one of those type of companies and, and and wear it like he was a member in the club. Not only wear it like he was a member of the Hells Angels, but this idiot did it in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's Which, not the place to do it. No, no, it is black and white there. I mean, it's black and white nation. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think you see a lot of that now, like just what you were saying. Um you know, they take an old defunct club. Like I knew another guy, there was a European club that had gone out of fashion and he, uh, he had found out about it and he had actually bought some old patches. Uh, this is about 12 <laughs> years ago and bought some old patches off the, off uh, somebody on the internet from a European club and put them on a vest and was going to wear them around. And I'm like, what are you fucking dumb? <laughs> it's easier to get away with though. Unfortunately, it's just, I don't want to take too long, but the, the, this was this was a story up in Rochester where I thought this is kind of the key of what the problem is. This young kid came up to one of the guys in uh, X, Excalibur and did it the right way, at, you know, introduced himself and asked how this works and he'd be interested. And so the guy from Excalibur sat down and told him in no uncertain terms, but this is how it works. It's going to take you hang around time and blah, blah, blah. And the prospect time is about a year and then we vote on you. And, and the kid went, oh, okay, yeah, huh. I think I'll just join one of those military clubs. It was just, it hit me then. I thought, this is, he was a nice kid even and everything like that. But he's from that, this is the generation that's coming up with. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to go to all that trouble and earn it. I'm just going to go. And as long as I got a patch and a bottom rocker and girls will fall on all over me, then that's all he wanted. Yeah. Nobody I mean, wants I'm, to earn it. I'm kind of out on the tiles on that one. Only in this respect, there is a a group called the CVMA, the Combat Veterans Motorcycle. Oh yeah, yeah, I got it. Yep. And uh, you know, that's kind of like the case with those guys. But I'm friends with a lot of them. I got a good friend who's a a very well respected member, and I you know I kind of see why that one sort of originated. But uh, I get what you're saying. There's a lot of oh yeah, no, I don't I don't begrudge them at all. But I just no. mean this kid in general wanted to join a club. But when he found out this 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 avenue was going to be too difficult, he decided to go in the other direction. I don't yeah. think he cared what club it was. And you know what? With uh, with a guy like that, I wouldn't want him in the club anyway. No, no, and I'm glad. And I think that's why uh, the guy from from the from Excalibur was laying it on pretty thick. He wasn't he wasn't like trying to soften soften anything up. He was telling him, "This is what you'll be doing, and you'll be." Well, you'll be for a year. You're gonna be. You're you've been gonna be glued to your phone and yeah. Well, well I prospected we didn't have phones, but right, right. Anything I worth do, doing? I had a flashlight hanging around my. Neck. I remember we were at an event one time, and of course, like you said, there's no cell phones, no nothing. And one of the guys from the Richmond chapter fancied up this flashlight with a necklace stuck it around my neck 
I said, keep that on all night so I know where you're at. <laughs> I couldn't get away all night, all night. They're just looking for the, looking for the light, looking for the jingling light. There he was. Yeah, I remember uh, early on in my prospecting, we were hanging out at this uh, this bar, um, and it was right in front of a pheasant farm, a big pheasant farm. And uh, there are flies all over. That's funny. <laughs> uh, flies all over the place, right? Because, you know, we got a million pheasants behind you. Oh, yeah. So a lot of flies. And, you know, we're there at a bike night. It was the start of the night. They're sitting around, you know, the outside picnic tables. And uh, so he gives me a fly swatter, and he says, all right, start killing flies. I don't want, I don't want these flies anymore. It's like, got me killing flies, right? And so, you know, I'm out there killing flies. And the night goes on, and I'm out there killing flies. And the night goes on, and I'm out there killing flies, and the night goes on. And after about three hours, he comes out looking for me, because you know, a lot of people are inside at this point in time. He's like, Tank, what are you doing? And uh, he had forgotten about me. <laughs> <laughs> killing flies man like he never gave you something else to do you know what i mean because i guess the overall point i'm trying to make is that you know you you talked about it right you alluded to it a lot of the younger people uh they want the easy way right mm -hmm. you know they, they want the cheat code to life they want that respect without without earning it without earning it and uh you know dirty has talked about it many times on this show he has talked more people out of joining a motorcycle club than he has into joining a motorcycle club. Yeah. And one of the reasons that we found from our experience is that if you've got that member that doesn't have his heart in it and he's kind of getting by doing just the bare minimum, that's what you're going to get out of him as a member. Exactly. And unfortunately there's a lot of clubs that are just in need of members in need of paying bills and they'll overlook stuff like that. Yeah. You know, if they can get that 60, 70 bucks a month dues out of them. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you set that standard and that's the quality of the standard of memory. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's it's the wrong standard to set, but there are some that do that. And they're all about numbers and paying the bills and all that kind of stuff. It's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame, but it's a reality. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reality of this is is that um the our style of motorcycle riding our club culture our harley culture our cruising culture all of it this biker lifestyle that we know it is aging out yeah um we've got more people who are eventually leaving the lifestyle than are entering it harley knows this that's why they market largely to to a lot of women riders and they try to get you know with the kids. That's why they came up with that zero, you know, the electric thing, trying to get people involved with that. Jeez. And uh, you know, I mean, um, Abate, um, you know, one of the the motorcycle legislation, you know, motorcycle mm -hmm. rights organizations, like so many others, and motorcycle clubs uh, in particular, are having a hard time getting new members in, and they get more guys retiring than they're taking in. And you know, like I say, you got to pay the bills. So what do you do? You know, you got to yep. pay the bills. So you got to either raise dues or get new members. And, yep. uh, you know, so then they, they drop the bar and you get that subpar member in there who uh, who's willing to do, like I said, the bare minimum. And then you get this bare minimum member. And, and then you get bare minimum members. Yeah. And it just feeds itself. And it's the same thing. I see it in other clubs. I see, I see it. I see it in mine. I see it in volunteer organizations. You always get that core group of guys 
that yeah. uh, that that six to ten guys that are in the club that are there at every function that work hard. Um, you know what I mean? And and I see it. I, I yeah. see it. Was that your experience as well? You know, when when you were in the world? Yeah. There's always there's always, yeah. And 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 and, and those are the guys that have been around the longest. And those are the guys who remember what it was like. And I think those are the ones that are going to, but like you said, they're the ones leaving the club just by mother nature's taking them eventually. Yeah. And the ones coming in aren't, aren't the same. You know, even, even when I was a full patch member, the guys that were in the club for 30 years, I would still go get them their meal. And I, I wasn't not like a, if we had no prospects at the time, it would be you know, sit down, sit down. I'll, I'll go grab you a burger and what else you want with it. You know, just, yeah. just out of respect for the, the the length of time they've been in here, you don't see that a lot. Oh, I'm a I'm a member too. I you know I don't need to I don't need to kiss anybody's ass anymore. You know, it's not a matter of kissing anybody's ass. It's a matter of respecting the time and the and the in the commitment that made the club that you're in what it is. Yeah, patchitis, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, new patch syndrome. New patch syndrome. Oh my I know. god, I hate that. I do too. You know, I I, I do too. When I uh, when I got my full patch. And uh, one of the greatest days of my life. And uh, I got thrown right into it. Within five months, uh, I was an officer in the club. Oh, wow. That's five and months? Five months. I remember. Our, well, yeah, because the, the guy that was, was, it was the secretary position. Nobody wants a secretary position. <laughs> and uh, I remember, I, uh, you know, I came out the first, the first month I was the bar manager. I'm running the bar to the clubhouse. Yeah. So uh, I remember the guy that was the secretary giving his patch up. So we're there at church, you know, and uh, the president looks over at me and uh, and he's talking to the group, looking at me at the same time. And I want somebody to pick this patch up who's going to do a good job. And I'm like, why the fuck are you looking at me? And he's like, Tank, I want you to be the secretary. And I'm like, well, I can't do both jobs. I'm not going to be the bar manager and the secretary. So, you know, somebody else is going to have to be the bar manager, but I'll step up. And, uh, you know, now, you know, you know, what's the secretary do for those not in the club world? We're that poor son of a bitch that keeps track of the history, keeps track of the records. Mm -hmm. We do the communications and liaison with the community. And we're that poor bastard that's got to sit there in the meeting and remind that group of assholes about the bylaws. (laughs) (laughs) And that they actually do exist and, uh, you know, sort of set the agenda and run and run the meeting, you know help the help the pee out as he runs the meeting and keep things pertinent and that kind of makes you a little bit of a pariah sometimes yeah it does it does i remember the the coalition up in rochester had their own you know officer corps and the secretary is the one that never seemed to get filled i don't know what it was you know each club it was you know this club's turn to fill that position you had a hard time getting anybody to want to do it it's like it's it's Yeah, There's not I, a lot of glamour involved in it either. If I was uh, in Wisconsin year round, I would probably be the secretary of our coalition. Um, but I lucked out because I come down here for six months out of the year. So oh, I don't there you go. <laughs> so yeah, thank God, you know. <laughs> but but getting back, you know, with the with the the club world itself, um, I don't mind the exclusivity of it. I I don't. I don't, I don't mind that so much. I, I like the fact that we, uh, we keep things private still. Yeah. Supposed to, but I can really kind of see given the whole situation with the aging out of members and the fact that a lot of the people don't want to put the time in 
to get to earn the patch, right? They want the quick, and I can see why groups like the WCFR are getting big. Yeah, they are, and they there's not there's really no responsibility, and because I've seen a lot of people they're, they're like type in there, hey, how do I join? And they'll say you're already in. Yeah, you're, you're part, of, part of the the Facebook page, you know. Yeah, that's it. You're already on it. You're already in. And they're like I said, there's I mean, other than the guys like Lee running things, there's some responsibility, but they're their monetary responsibilities are, you know, uh, help me out here. I mean, logistically responsibilities. There's no real responsibilities to the club environment at all. Yeah, but, you know, their bike nights are a big event. Oh, yeah, that's that's I mean, like Lee and Kurt and all them, I don't know how they – I tell Lee all the time. I'll, I'll joke around with him because if, if he'll do something I might not disagree with, I'll say, I'm going to suggest next time you get your salary cut in half. <laughs> and he'll always write back, you know, with a laugh. I guess half a zero is still zero. <laughs> I give them a lot of credit for, for the time and energy that they put in. They really do. I mean, they've got booths set up. I mean, they've got they got their own lawyer firm, for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. And they got their own sponsors, and uh, it's amazing. Sponsors and live bands. And, uh, you know, it's an event. And they do this, you know, during season every week. Yeah. Almost. And a lot of copycats out there, too. You can always tell when you're doing something right because there's people who are trying to copy you and make fun of you at the same time. Well, they, they, they're kind of easy to make fun of because they've got some real characters like yourself who are part of the group. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm part of the group too because I'm on the page, I guess, yeah. and, and I've been to some of them. But what's what's uh, what you're saying there? Ain't no party like a WCFR, like a West Coast party. Ain't no party like a, yeah, ain't no party. I, some of those guys got those initials tattooed on their arms. Well, and goddamn, right here in traffic, you see their stickers everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah, they got they got something going on. With if you see a sticker on somebody's car, they owe you a beer. Or well, if you, you take, take a, a picture, picture of it, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my, yeah. my just yesterday, my wife was in traffic. She drives for FedEx, and uh, she saw somebody was in front. And I said, "You should have taken a picture." I said, that "That's I right." <laughs> I could have posted it on there. We could have got a free drink, you know. Yeah. But as far as the, I mean, some guys like you said are really they're tattooing it on their arms, which they 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 had a contest one night, a raffle ticket for somebody whoever won was going to get a free WCFR tattoo, and somebody put my name in there. I said nothing personal, but I'm not tattooing that on my arm, you know, just not. No, I've got my club shit tattooed, and I've yeah, got... I just I'm not going to put that on an equal playing field. It just it sounds ridiculous, but. I got a family um, tattoo. My boy, my boys and I designed it. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, that's about it. Yeah. Why I, I wouldn't put, you know, I, why do that? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, and I got pretty low standards of some of the tattoos that I have. But <laughs> well, that's what I like about you. You've got low standards. You're, you're, a, you're, you, you self-deprecate. You're a self-proclaimed fuck up. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You know? I, oh, absolutely. I, I, I know my limitations. I know my, yeah, I just I think I just posted something here recently about uh, people who don't belong in my circle, and I said, "Yes, that does mean I'm better than you, but I also <laughs> have very low standards, and that means you got a lot of work to do on your own life." <laughs> <laughs> ah, screw them anyway, man. Yeah, screw them. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody's journey is different, and uh, you've been on a a pretty cool one. You've been living kind of a blessed life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a mixed blessing, and, and but I, this is just what I was born to do. I think I really was. This motorcycles were in our families. My mother even had one. You know, oh. 
1972 and your mom's out riding a motorcycle. That was that was real different back then. Well, you know, I, I tried to be normal at one point in time. I, re I really did. You know, I mean, I, you know, I had the full-time job, you know, management, the whole deal, you know, yeah. play, playing golf with my friends. You know, I tried, I tried the whole polo shirt and khaki. Oh God. And, and it did not, it didn't look right on me. You know, when you got a big Fu Manchu, you know, it just, yeah. and uh, you know, you, you try, you try to be what you think people want you to be or your family or your wife or, Mm -hmm. you know and, and whatnot and uh you know eventually i just said fuck it and eventually yeah. i got stuck being me yeah you That's know same same on this end i know what you mean i i can proudly say i don't know how to tie a necktie i mean i can count how many times i've worn necktie on one hand for whatever reason well let's see here uh, you know i have a suit i wear it for weddings funerals and court court was the only time i ever wanted to look good yeah yeah. yeah weddings <laughs> funeral court you know uh, i i always like going in in this well when i was when i still drank i'd uh put that suit coat on and they're you know, like a 20 dollar bill or something down in a pocket you know like, <laughs> like oh no god damn i must have been drunk look at that <laughs> hell cool you know <laughs> all right <laughs> a sam adams beer cap <laughs> pulled off with your teeth <laughs> sam yeah. adams beer damn I, uh, a friend of mine from high school is actually their like vice president of marketing for Sam Adams. Oh, really? Well, yeah, oh, he's I mean, doing a hell of a job. Yeah, well, I remember our, we had our uh, my high school was very industrious. We raised a lot of money during the time we were in high school, so we literally had our first three high school reunions paid off. And so we did a five year reunion, and it was all paid for. And we had food and all this beer and shit. We didn't have to pay for it. It was kind of nice. And uh, he shows up, and it was this fledgling company that had just started in the Boston area, this craft brewery. Who knew what a craft brewer was at that point in time? <laughs> and it was Sam Adams beer. And he, really? and he literally bought in like, I don't know, 30, 40 cases of free Sam Adams beer for us. And this was back in 1985. I'm dating myself. Yeah. Um, you know, it was our, like I said, a five-year reunion. We were out at Edwards Air Force Base. It was at an Air Force Base. Oh yeah, um, PX. You know that we had rented out and shit. So, yeah, Sam Adams beer. Yeah, I still miss it. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Kai. We appreciate that. You, that was yeah. the guy. Was, yeah, <laughs> but uh, shit, man. Well, we've been prattling on here for a little bit, a hot minute. You want to do any shameless last plugs on your books and tell us oh, where, sure. to, where to find I just, them? And I just happen to have them next to me here. <laughs> I wonder why. We'll start with, not that one. That's the one I'm reading. We'll start with the one that you read, which is Demons Rising, the story of the uh, Wayward Scout. Yep. Uh, still near and dear to me because it was my very first one. Sure. But this is actually my favorite. And I, I look forward to you reading it. This is Rebellious Youth, the story of the lost child. This one really kind of went weird and dark on me in the middle took me to places in my brain that I still haven't recovered from. It's, it was, it, this is my favorite. I spent Most a lot people of time that tell in, me. I spent a lot ahead, of time in that bar in the picture right there. That's the Ride Hard Saloon right there yes, in Bradenton, Florida. Yes, sir. And this was actually uh, in coordination with the former owner there, uh, Jesse, Jesse James used to call himself, but Jesse Mullen, who's now passed away. And uh, sadly, 
I have him in this book toward the end as as a character. He played himself. And this still bothers me because he said, can I read it? I want to read it. I want to read it. I said, no, not until it's published. And you can hold the book in your hand and you can read about, because in the scene, he looks like a badass. And then he passed away. He never got to even read it. I know, that really disappointed. I was just disappointed in myself. I should have just let him read it. And this is the third one. This is Black River, the story of the broken comedian. This is uh, Lee Haygood on the cover. There he is, Uh, yep. Not quite the cover that I was looking for on this, but this is kind of what we ended up with. Not Lee personally. Lee Lee was a perfect cover model. Lee actually wanted to be on the cover of the second book. And I said, nah, we're, I'm looking for kind of a hillbilly guy because the main he, character takes place. He's from everybody. Arkansas, for crying out loud. He's a hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like, yeah, I know he does. But I said, I need somebody with long hair and a scraggly beard that looks like they just came from the mountains. That so, would be me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would have been perfect at the time. And then, and of course, the last one, which is Righteous Ravens, story of, uh, oh my God, what the hell, of oh, the Roaming Gypsy. This is loosely based on two women. One is... Uh, one I know. Charlie. You know Charlie? I do, yeah. Charlie was really kind of the inspiration for the character's gypsy side, because I don't know, a lot of people don't know her. She is the real deal. She's very authentic, and she just... One day you'll see her at the Ride Hard Saloon, and then a week later you'll be going, I haven't seen Charlie here lately. Yeah, she's in she? Seattle, you know. <laughs> oh, she's in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. she just, when, when did she do that? Oh, she woke up Sunday morning and wanted to go for a ride and just. Yeah, yeah. I, I, she was actually, uh, we, we interviewed her on the show. Oh, you did? I yeah, did at, at, at the Ride Hard Saloon. Yeah, I. Uh, she's she's one of my favorite people. She really is. And she's got that little sportster, which she'll never give up. The main character in that book, which which is named Dancer, has a sportster, and she named it Ruby, just like Charlie did. Uh, yeah, that's uh But I'm mad that I didn't give you the other. Remind me, remind me, remind me to get you the other three. Yeah, I didn't no realize problem. you didn't have. I'd be interested to hear your take on them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll do another uh, another dealio. I'd like to get you on here with Dirty, so he can. Uh... Would love to. Absolutely. He's got a he's got a way with words and a way of a way about him. Uh, you I've know, met a few guys with that handle over the years. That's that's a common one. <laughs> they usually earn it too. Yeah, no shit. Well, I think we're gonna wrap this up for right now. Sounds and good. Uh, I just want we got a guy that uh, that he, he's a one of our YouTube fans, and every time he writes, it's all capital, so he always shouts. Oh gosh! So I just want his name's Frank Samatero and. Frank, we're doing this for you right now. So <laughs> thanks for being one of our listeners. So go ahead and say it, Frank, for me. Thank you, Frank. Perfect, perfect. He'll dig that a lot. <laughs> I just woke my dog up, didn't it? Sorry about that. Yeah, mine, mine's, looking at me. mine's looking at me too. That's for sure. Well, Dutch, it's a pleasure having you on today, man. We'll uh, we'll chat here you. after we shut the machine off here. And like I said, I'm I'm down here now until April, end of April. So I I know we'll be uh, we'll be seeing each other. Sounds good, my friend. I appreciate it. So thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks a lot for anybody, the, the three or four listeners that are still with us at this point in time. And uh, <laughs> Hang in there. Yeah, hang in there. Yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind, everybody, the most dangerous part in your motorcycle is the nut that connects the, right. seat, the seat to the handlebars. Peace. I wrote an article about that for New York Rider Magazine. That's right funny on. to say that. I get the last word on this show, goddammit. Peace. <laughs>